another episode of the Bible Breakdown Podcast. This is part three of the fear of God. If you haven't checked out part one and part two, I encourage you to go back and check those out. We're basically talking about what the fear of God means and what it means when we say to have a healthy fear of God. This week, we are ending the fear of God subject. But this week, we're going to talk about what happens when you begin to fear God. We're with Pastor Floyd yet again. Pastor Floyd, how are you doing? How are you, Pastor Drew? Good to see you again. I'm excited about doing and talking about the implications or involvement of the fear of the Lord in our lives. And we've got several of them to cover today. Yes, we did. We had a lot last week to cover when we talked about why we should fear God. But this week, again, like I said, we're going to be talking about what happens when you begin to fear God. And we're going to base uh, most of our topic um, off of this statement in Deuteronomy 6, um, verse 1 and 2, which says this, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Verse 2 says, So that you your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy a long life. What happens when you begin to fear God? That exact thing right there. You may enjoy a long life. Amen. And I really believe that that takes us to... um Really, uh, our points that we're going to be getting into uh, talking about that. <clears throat> what a wonderful scripture to start out with. Um, but we do have several things of personal implications or involvement when you fear the Lord. And number one, uh, you know, when we truly fear God, it does help us to avoid sin in our life. So right. if we truly fear the Lord, we're going to live a life of obedience and and to his commandments and we're going to say no to sin and it's a life just like we talked about last time on the other podcast that we did it's a life of holiness life of holiness what does holiness means it means separation from this world and the things of this world and separation to God and so we are talking about that last time and one reason why God inspired fear even in the Israelites at Mount Sinai uh, was so that they might learn to turn away from sin and to obey his law. And so he said, even in Exodus twenty twenty, Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you. And remember, he says, do not fear. And he's talking about the fear of man there. But then he says, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him, there we go, the two fear, the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. And so again, going to talk about it, it helps us to avoid uh, sin in our own life. And then according to the psalmist, fearing the Lord is equivalent to delighting in his commandments. Right. That's exactly what we do. Uh, Psalm 112.1 says this, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. 
And uh, what I love by that is the whole duty of man. Uh, Solomon came to the conclusion in Ecclesiastes when he wrote in Ecclesiastes. Remember, the whole duty of man is summed up in two things. At the end of everything, when he was saying everything was vain, he came to the conclusion that it's summed up in two things in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. The end of the matter, when everything has been heard, he says this, fear God and keep his commandments. Right. For this is the whole duty of man. Yeah, yeah. And, and and at the end of the day, fearing God is a direct link to serving God and obeying him. You can't have one without the other. Right. Truly having an awe or a reverence like we talked about, right. having an awe or fear of God, you cannot have that awe without serving and obeying him. Absolutely. Right? And it talks about that. Uh, and it reminded me of when you respect someone, right? You are more likely to do a task that they tell you to do because you know they're not going to harm you, but they're going to help you Absolutely. at the end of the day, regardless of who that person is. But we got to think of God in that same manner, right? And Deuteronomy five twenty eight and 29 says, The Lord heard you when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard what the people said to you. Everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep my commandments always so that it might go well with them and their children. What is that basically saying? It says this, when they fear God, they will obey God. Amen. And it comes down to that simple point right there. Learning to love God's commands is the avoidance of sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. And it must be applicable in our lives then every day. So here's the number two reason uh, of having a personal implication or fear of God in our life. And I think this is so good in our lives. This helps to guide our families. That's the second reason. And this is very important to me. You know, this, Drew, it's it's really our uh, why we exist here at Calvary. And we say this almost every Sunday, and that is to proclaim Christ to every generation. And so I had this sown in my life very early in my life. You know, grandparents and parents that really uh, poured into my heart the scriptures and the ways of God. So teach your children to fear the Lord. That is our responsibility that God has given us. And so uh, one scripture that came to my mind, and you've heard me say this multiple times, in church, if you're listening to me, you hear me say this all the time. But Isaiah 59, 21 says, And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words I've put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring. In other words, your children or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth forevermore. So, What am I saying? I am simply saying what my grandmother used to speak over me was the same word of God that's in my mouth shall be in my seed's mouth, in my seed seed's mouth. I am living to see that today. My grandmother lived to see me declaring what came out of her mouth, and I'm preaching the very word that she was preaching behind the pulpit. Now I have a son who's leading a podcast with me today that is preaching the same word. So again, the same word of God 
that's in my mouth. It's, I declared it and decreed it. It's going to be in my seed's mouth and then my seed seed. So I'm praying that I live around, said the Lord Terry, of seeing grand youngins. Hallelujah. Uh, and that same, that's right. And that same word is going to come out of their mouth then too. So parents and believers must teach their children to fear the Lord by training them to, guess what, hate sin and to keep God's holy commandment. And you started out already. I'm not going to read it again right, in right. Deuteronomy 6 and 1, yeah. 1 and 2. But then I love what it says in verse 6 through 9 yeah. in that same chapter 6. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. There you go. Yeah. Diligently. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you ride. You know what I'm saying? All those times, it's saying, listen, when you get up to all throughout the day, yeah. every bit of the day, guess what should consume us and should con- the the our kids should know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Listen, mom and dad, I know what they're going to say according right. to the word of God. They've right. instilled the fear of God yeah. in my life. And so it's so powerful that we communicate daily and uh, uh, let our children be absorbed in the scriptures and we teach them about fearing God. Right, right. As the the youth pastor here at uh, CCAG, I have the opportunity to meet with a bunch of different youth and a bunch of different kids with a, a bunch of different backgrounds. And you'll you'll know the ones with the parents that truly bring a fear and a reverence to God in their own lives and you'll know the ones who don't right um and and that's just the reality of life um you some of them you'll be able to see very clearly that they um don't have a fear of God and some of them you will and it and it comes back to this and I, I read this and I had to put it in it says if we don't teach our kids to follow Christ then the world will teach them not to follow Christ Absolutely. it's as simple as that so we have a responsibility as parents we have a responsibility as uh, the caretakers of the people that God has put us in charge of here on this earth to spread the word of God and to bring the fear and the reverence of God into our homes. So parents, if you're not reading the words with your kids, parents, if you're not praying over your kids, if you're not doing these things, you're missing out on opportunities mm. for your gods to, or for your parents to be or for your kids, excuse me, to fear God. Absolutely. You know, something that's powerful, I, got a, I was in the devotion the other day, and we always talk about, and I think that it's wonderful, Proverbs says to leave an inheritance for our children. There's yeah. nothing wrong with leaving physical inheritance of land and, and, and houses and all of those things and monies. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's great that you can pass it on to the next generation. But parents, adults, listen to me that have children and grandchildren, or you're listening to me, the greatest inheritance yeah. The greatest thing that you can leave them is leaving them a legacy of God's word right. and God's truth yeah. passed from generation to generation. And I got so excited the other day. I was talking to an elderly uh, saint of God, even in our own church here. And we were, you know, and he's up there in age and he's realizing, you know, he said, Pastor, I don't have long. He says, but, uh, and then I, I, the scripture that I got a hold of was Psalm 145 and 4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another. Mm. And shall declare thy mighty acts. Well, the only reason you're going to go from one generation to another is that you better be instilling into that next generation or we're, we're going to lose yeah. 
the inheritance, and they're going to lose the inheritance to their children and grandchildren. So it is our responsibility to do what God's called us to do, to go back exactly what you said, Pastor Drew, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and what God has caused to do. I've seen it. Yeah. It's happened in my own family, and I'm a recipient of that in my own life. So it works when the fear of the Lord is being instilled in our children and our grandchildren. And it, and it all comes down to what's a priority for you. Because what's a priority for you will become a priority for your kids. Absolutely. Right. So if you put um, your your chill time, you know, your time at home watching TV, or you put your time of sports in front of this, or you put your time of these work or uh, different things like that, your phone, if you put those priorities before the time spent with God, how do we expect our kids to see any different and do any different? So you lead by example. If you're going to lead your kid reading right. the Bible, you want them to be praying. You have to be reading right. and praying in the Bible and with Jesus every single day. And it, and it's not just kids. Right. You know, it comes back to that. Um, it helps guide our families. And families, you know, we think of just guiding our kids. But uh, some of us lives in households where maybe our husbands or our wives aren't following God, and you're leading your family in a godly or you're trying your best to lead your family in the best godly way you can. The best thing that you can do possibly is to fear God and to be Absolutely. in His Word each and every day, praying for your family each and every day. That's it. And just to absolutely say it in a different way of what you just said, and, yeah. to, and you've heard me preach this behind this pulpit, if God's Word and worship and serving Him wholeheartedly does not matter to you, yeah. then it will not matter to your children. Yeah. Can yeah. I get an amen That's, out there? Yeah, it right. must be priority. Yeah. in our lives. Listen, parents, listen to those that have kids and grandkids. You can leave them Cadillacs and monies and land all day long, but I'm here to tell you that stuff will fade away yeah. and it will go and leave, but his word will remain in their lives forever. The heritage that you leave. Right, right. It'll stay with you. And we, right. we, have, to, we have to get back to the basics of that. We Amen. have to. We have to. Let's go to number three. How about this? We talked about this a little bit last week, so we're going to just touch it just a tad bit. But what happens when you begin to fear God? Um, you begin to become sanctified. Mm-hmm. Sanctified means to be set apart. That's right. Right? Right. It does. It sanctifies us. It sets us apart to hate sin. Yeah. God hates sin. So mm-hmm. guess what? We need to hate sin, and we need to turn away from sin. Yeah. And what His Word declares us. In fact, Proverbs 3 and 7 says this, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Get away from it. Run from it. Yeah. Uh, depart from it. And what I love about this then too, Drew, we're not going to spend a lot, about, a lot of time here on sanctification because we already talked about it last week. Yeah. But the fear of the Lord even causes us to hold our tongue <laughs> when a lot of times we want to say things and react according to the flesh. But Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, yeah. And then he says in verse 6 and 7, Let not your mouth lead you into sin. Yeah. Come on, life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
And do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there's vanity. But God is the one you must fear. Yeah. So there you go. So it causes us to hold our tongue. And then the fear of the Lord is clean and cleansing. Psalm mm-hmm. nineteen nine, real quick. The fear of the Lord is clean. Yeah. It's enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Amen. good stuff there. Yeah, it is. It is. And if you want to know more about sanctifi- sanctification, go back to our podcast um, in uh, The Fear of God Part 2, and you'll hear a little bit more about that, the sanctification. Let's go to the uh, fourth one. Yes, the fourth one. What happens when you begin to fear God? It shows us the need to worship mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. Shows us the value in worshiping Him, and it goes uh, straight to this point: I fear or respect God by worshiping Him in total surrender. Amen. I I just kind of added on to what you're saying. This yeah. is so powerful. The fear of the Lord awakens our worship yeah. toward Him. Yeah. You know what? What we're doing today, Pastor Drew. Listen, we don't have to. We get to. That's right. And that is a mindset and a mind change that we must have. And so Psalm 22, 25 says, From you comes my praise in this great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. So it's powerful. And we've talked about worship really already in the last couple podcasts. The fear of God simply awakens us to worship him. I can't wait to worship him every day. I look forward to worshiping him every day yeah it's powerful isn't yeah it? it is it is and we've talked about this many times of you know during worship we see people lift their hands right and mm-hmm. uh we, what is um the action of lifting up our hands if we're in front of um someone in authority like a police officer or someone the first thing that we would do is usually lift up our hands or they tell us to lift up our hands why do we do that it's to show surrender yes right it's to right. show that uh hey you know, don't shoot. That's right. I'm right here. That's right. Don't shoot me. I surrender. That's it. And and to God we must do the same thing. And Absolutely. you know, regardless of where you're at or uh, what you're doing, I encourage. You know what I mean? If you're if you're by yourself right now or <laughs> wherever yeah. you're at, uh, lift your hands unto God right. and surrender and uh, find that worship in Him because it's on. It is. It's a gift. Absolutely. It's a gift to be able to worship God. There's no greater times than sometimes being in the car, being in the shower, or just a time with God worshiping him absolutely yes absolutely. let's go to the next one um, what happens when you begin to fear God well there's a reward of God Amen. when you fear God absolutely there is a reward there are promises or rewards from God when we live a, a life of godly fear let me just I'm not going to read the verses but I want you to write it down yeah and I'm just going to give a few if you if that's okay uh, guess what happens? Riches, honor, and life. Proverbs twenty-two four. Guess what else happens? Here, here. The, the, I'm talking about the promises. I'm talking about uh, what God gives us as rewards. Protection from death. Proverbs fourteen twenty-six and twenty-seven. I know this. God forbid that Drew or I something happened to us tonight. But I know this because I'm. He's in me and I'm in Him. He's the vine and I'm the branches. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. I'm going to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. If you are in relationship with him, guess what? He also provides provision for daily needs. Yeah. Psalm 34, 9. Yeah. He'll provide. 
And then not only this, Proverbs 10, 27, long life, glory to God. Long life with fear of God. That's another one. And then the last one is, here's the promises, or uh, like we're talking about, the reward is everything is going to be all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 8, 12, and 13. Listen, whatever's going on in your life that you're listening to us right now, I want you to realize if you're in God and he's in you and you're a child of God, I want to let you know that he always has the final word and everything is going to be all right in right. him. Yeah. Rest assured in that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it comes back to what you said in Psalms 34. Uh, just the whole thing of Psalms 24. Is, Read that. I love that. It's really good, good of just the whole thing yeah, yeah. of fear in itself. If you yeah. just have a time to read Psalms 34, it's really good. Yeah. But Psalms 34 and 9 says this, Those who fear the Lord lack nothing. Wow. There is nothing That's that you so will good. lack. Listen, you could be in the pit so good. Uh, with no money and no car and nowhere to go, but you will lack nothing when you have the Lord. Love that. And and that's where we have to get out of the mindset of yeah. of uh, I I have everything based on what I consume mm-hmm. or what I have. Yeah. And and that's not what God means here. Yeah. It's it's lacking nothing as in I'm completely fulfilled as a person. Yes. I'm completely con- uh, fulfilled as a human being. And God has made me whole right yes. there. And I was just talking to some friends today about I think God um, creates uh, a desire and a hole for him personally so that we may find him. Yes. Right? And and then anybody who is uh, going after God in a reverence and a fear for God will lack nothing. Absolutely. And it all comes back to that. You know what? I, we go back to a scripture and we say it a lot, Drew, and I'm just going to reiterate this and we'll move on to our last point. You know, we all say he will supply all of our needs according yeah. to his written. We know that. Yeah. But if you really look that scripture up, it needs is not N-E-E-D-S. It's not plural. Mm-hmm. It's singular. Mm. He will supply all my need. Mm. Now, here's the thing. There's only one need. And he meets it all. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we're going back to what that's you good. just said. That's good. Because he fulfills everything in yeah. our life. Yeah, that's good. And resting assured yeah. in that. Sure, does he supply all of our needs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Could we apply that? Yes, right there. For sure. But let's go to the root of everything. Yeah. It is in him, Paul said, that I live yeah. and I move yeah. and I have my being. And it goes back to what you said, complete fulfillment. Yeah. And I, and I think that uh, it's a good... Um, segue into the last one that we're going to be talking about today, which um, a need that God can fill is the confidence and the comfort that comes from fearing God. There's a confidence and a comfort Absolutely. that only comes from God when you learn to fear Him. And it comes, uh, we, we, you know, we did talk about this a little bit last week when we talked about the judgment of God. There's an assurance of a believer, right, when a uh, you have your spot in he- heaven once you believe in God and follow and uh, obey God. Um, but this is beyond a judgment fear, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a deep sense that even in the midst of a trial and temptation, God is still there to bring comfort. Absolutely. In the New Testament, guess what? It directly links the fear of the Lord with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's good. I love that because Acts 9.31, if you read the the ninth chapter, it's talking about the conversion of Saul Mm. and what God did to him on the Damascus Road. 
and to all of us. We were enemies against God. We were kicking against his Holy Spirit, and he got our attention. And I love how he got Saul's attention from Saul to Paul. Right. There's a transformation. There was uh, a new creation in Christ that happened. And so we realized in that instant, even the church couldn't believe what happened to Saul's life. And they even were afraid of him at first. Is he playing a trick on us? Because it was the very Saul that persecuted the church and killed, had a lot of them killed uh, in the church. And so it says this, though, in Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, come on, Mm -hmm. and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And guess what happens through, uh, you know, turmoil. Turmoil was happening in the church. They were being persecuted heavily in in Acts 9 and throughout the the church there. And can I tell you, we're going to go through much of that. I still believe that there will be greater persecution to happen uh, against the church. But we have what Pastor Drew's already talked about. We have an assurance. And we have a comforter, yeah. not just a comfort, the comforter. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, I go away, but I will give you the comforter. Yeah, yeah. And that is the Holy Spirit yeah. in our lives. So those who live without fearing the Lord have no sense of his presence. Yeah. They have no sense of his grace and his protection. While those who fear God and keep his commandments, they have a deep spiritual security yeah. and anointing of the Holy Spirit that listen. We're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Everything's going to be okay. And I'll just end it with, with, I'll end it on my end saying this is Psalm 33, 18 and 19. It says, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. There it is. What is the eye of the Lord? The eye of the Lord means he's taking care. It's almost like a father looking over a child. In yeah. other words, I'm I'm watching over you. I remember I did the same with you, Drew. You know, I'm just kind of I'm I'm watching. I'm keeping my eye out on you. I, mm-hmm. I when you were a little boy and not of age to kind of judge things and do things. You know, my eye was on you, and so behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His steadfast love, that He may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good That's good stuff. Yeah, and it, and I, you know, I was thinking about when you said uh, the the comforter, yeah. not just a comfort, but right. the comfort. That's right. Uh, and I know you're talking. Yeah, this sounds very unspiritual. I've uh, it's like Toy Story last week. We're just kind of unspiritual <laughs> with this, but it's just where my head goes. So yeah. <laughs> judge me. It's okay. <laughs> um, my head when you said that went to uh, great value brand. Compared to the real thing. Okay. So, uh, you know, you think about barbecue chips. Man, you got those great value brand. Right. But then you get the Lay's barbecue <laughs> chips. Like, yes. you know the difference. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. And and in reality, us being humans, we got a sense of comfort. Like, sure. we just, there is a sense of comfort in moments. Yeah. But then when you have the real deal, when you have the actual comfort, yes. it's like a totally different ballgame. Like, you, you, you feel right. that, like, there is nothing stopping you. Absolutely. You you feel incomplete comfort because you have the real deal. And uh, right. let me tell you, Lay's barbecue chips are better than uh, Great Value barbecue <laughs> chips. But they are cheaper, so we get them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> But don't get the cheap guy. Yeah. Get, get the real. Get the real comfort. Get the real comfort. Um, and then I think it goes back to this. I don't. I don't believe that you can truly get the true comfort of God and the true peace of God without 
being a full in Christian. You can't be a half-hearted That's Christian right. to receive the full-hearted God. Absolutely. Right? No way. You, and there's no way you can do it. And so, and I think a lot of us try to, and that's where we go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that's the hardest part because if you can't trust God with the little things, you're going to have a hard time trusting in Him with the big things. See, this type of confidence and comfort that comes from true understanding of the, right, the yirah, yeah. the yirah yeah. <laughs> or the, the fear of God. And it only comes in that, that fear of God. Without that, you won't understand it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then it reminded me of this, and I'll, I'll end with this. Um, it comes to, uh, it reminded me of David, you know, the psalmist mm. David, mm. and talking about the fear of God. And we, we're, we're talking about you can't truly um, absorb the confidence and the comfort of God. And I think David truly had an understanding of this fear of God, um, which was in Psalms 23 and 4, very famous verse that we all know but it says even though i walk through the darkest valley i will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and your staff protect me Amen. and comfort me yes. right and and it's funny because he related his his worldly fear Yes. To his godly fear, mm-hmm. and and you you see which one uh, truly was protecting and comforting him. See, and David was running from his life at this moment, right. right? We see it in the the Psalms that David is truly running for his life, and he writes this in the midst of him running from his life. How do you have a peace and a comfort of God when you know someone's out to kill you? Yeah. When you know someone's trying to uh, literally take your life, how do you have a peace and a comfort of God? And that only comes by having a deep understanding of the fear of God and the reverence of God. When you no longer fear the world and fear God, there's a divine peace and assurance that you have when you obey and follow in the footsteps of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thank God that we have, when you are in Christ, you have that assurance as a scripture that I quote when the, here it is, uh, Paul was talking to the young pastor Timothy. I love this scripture. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That is a comfort and that is, a, that is an assurance. And so that is what we hold on to. And Paul said it several times. He said, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And so summing this up of everything that we've talked about for in the past three weeks, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Amen. Um, you know, and, and truly, we hope in the last three weeks that you've uh, understood that verse a little bit deeper, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, yeah. that um, by fearing the Lord, all these things that we've talked about will come into play, will come into fruition. I can't say it. <laughs> fruition. Fruition. Yeah. Yes. Fruition. It, it will happen. Yes. Right. And um, we are praying and we're believing that you would grow a deeper fear of God each and every day, just as well as we are. You know, we're not perfect. We're still trying to do our best to learn more about what the fear of the Lord is and to gain that knowledge and wisdom each and every day. Um, but we're going through it together. 
Absolutely. Especially through these perilous times that we're seeing. Um, not only are we living in a, a crisis right, right now, but we're now living through um, some, some crazy riots that are happening racism racism that's happening hate that's happening and the thing that we have to remember is to have a fear of god so that we may have a peace and a comfort of god during this time amen during this time so we want you to keep on joining us we're going to keep having these different podcasts our new one will be coming out next week So stay tuned. If you want to get into um, maybe what we're going to talk about next week, we're going to put out a poll on our Facebook page on Calvary Christian Assembly of God. You can look us up, like our page, and then you can comment what you would like to hear from us. Maybe another taboo subject in the church that we don't get to talk about that much. Christian cliches that we don't get to hear from that much in the pulpit. We'd like to talk about it here with you. We want to answer your questions in the Bible Breakdown podcast we'll see you next week bye